All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to uh, Take to Take, a little different episode. We're gonna be recording uh, from our own houses this time. As uh, most of you know, COVID-19 has swept across the country. Um, all of us are in quarantine. My name is Patrick Talon. I'm joined alongside, not alongside, but with uh, Nick Robinson and Luke Burroughs. How are you guys doing today? Good, how are you doing? Not too bad. So this is a little different for us because we've never recorded a show, three of us, from our own houses. Um, but seeing as our school year kind of ended abruptly, we do want to continue um, uploading episodes of Take to Take to YouTube and Spotify for those who did listen. And for those who listened all year, just quickly, um, thank you. Hopefully everyone is in quarantine. Hopefully everyone is staying safe uh, and doing their best uh, social distancing. Um, but as you guys know, this is a hockey show and we are going to talk about hockey and how COVID-19 is affecting um, our teams, hockey in general. Um, so without further ado, I think we should get right into it. Um, the main thing we wanted to talk about was how we want this season to play out. If it does play out, how would you guys want to see that points percentage? Would they just have the bracket fixed as it is? Would they have a 31 team tournament? Uh, what do you guys think? I think, um, and it's obviously a little bit of bias coming from a Vancouver fan because they are directly affected whether you go off points percentage or not uh, specifically and I think anyone who doesn't go off points percentage uh, through just not really thinking it through because that doesn't really make any sense at all uh, obviously you have to make you have to if you're gonna if you're gonna jump right to playoffs which I'll uh, voice my opinion on in a sec but if you're gonna jump right into playoffs you can't go off what the standings are now that's just not fair um, and I don't think anyone after getting a reasonable explanation should argue that so going off points percentage um vancouver's third in the pacific which is great it does move some teams around uh i believe winnipeg falls out something like that um at least in the west but in terms of what i think should happen i don't think i don't think they're gonna there's gonna be a stanley cup awarded this year i don't think the uh, season's gonna finish um if they were to do that i don't think uh they should jump right into playoffs even if they go off points percentage that just doesn't really make sense. There's got to be maybe not the full whatever, how many games are left, 10 games left or whatever. They're maybe not the full 10 games, but they've got to give teams something because uh, not to say it's anyone's fault, but like, you know, you, you can't just, you can't just cut and go right into playoffs. People are saying, you know, do the 24 teams or whatever, um, expand playoffs. I don't know. Like, if, if, you ha if you have to go that extreme, I, I think maybe it's not worth it. But, I mean, overall, I don't think, I don't think there's going to be a Stanley Cup awarded anyways. Nick, your thoughts? Uh, well, Luke said uh, maybe don't go the extreme. I'm going to say go the extreme. I'm going to say expand it to 24 teams and just do the playoffs. Um, I think that's the most fair at this point because um, there's arguments that can be made for doing six teams – 16 teams based on the current standings and based on um, point percentage. But then when you do that, some teams that are in the playoffs are going to get pushed out and vice versa. And I think a lot of teams would be very upset in that scenario if it were to happen. Um, but they're only in the playoffs because they've played more games. They're not really in the playoffs. I know, but it, I, it's just an, it's like it's just a mess right it's going to be it, like when you do 16 teams either way there's going to be a mess there's going to be a lot of people unhappy even if you do 24 teams there's always going to be teams that are unhappy with it 
but I think just expanding it and inviting as many teams in as you can um, probably gives us the fairest uh, format going forward, my opinion. I don't think uh, P.K. Subban's suggestion of wanting to see the New Jersey Devils in the playoffs, uh, that's a little too extreme for my liking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to see the Senators try and make a run in the playoffs. I would, uh, I would prefer that they just do 24 teams. and then, Does 24 uh, then teams get the Habs in the playoffs? Yeah, because they, they dropped to 24th right before the NHL canceled their season. But to build off what <clears throat> both of you guys said, I think if you're going to factor in 24 teams, then of course you're going to have to look at points percentage as well because the argument for points percentage is also similar to the argument for 24 teams because it is about the fairness and technically especially in the eastern conference especially the atlantic it was a snail's pace race for that third spot between florida and toronto and you know there were so many times when toronto and florida could have locked that spot in and prevented teams below from getting it and looking at it even you know a week before the nhl canceled their season montreal they could still have made it because toronto and florida were taking so much time so i feel like I'm not trying to sound biased because Montreal is 24th and I've been adamant about not wanting them to make the playoffs. 24th but on points percentage or 24th on the standings now? On the standings now. But they, they, are, they are still in a position. They're not mathematically eliminated. There's a chance they could still make it. So um, I'd much, much rather have a 24-team tournament for in terms of fairness, but Montreal be 25th. But I think if we want to factor in teams that still have at least a chance on paper mathematically, you'd have to do a 24-team um, tournament but like you guys said I don't think the Stanley Cup is going to be awarded at all this year or like Luke said um, I don't think it's going to be awarded I think this has happened before with the the flu in 1919 Um, it was the Stanley Cup final and they just didn't have it and then no Stanley Cup was awarded that year it's not like this is the first time it's happened and I think the severity of this flu um, or this virus is a lot worse than we realize and realize especially at the time when it it first came out and um, you know like Trudeau said a couple days ago you know, things aren't going to become normal until a vaccine comes out. And it's not like vaccines are just made, you know, for a rainy day, like this stuff takes time, this stuff takes 12 to 18 months. So we might not even see hockey start up in, in, in the fall and stuff like that. So I know I don't think a Stanley Cup is going to be awarded this year. And I feel like in the name of safety, that's, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, so I think- there's probably not going to be one awarded, but I think we all know the NHL is going to try their absolute hardest to get one awarded because I think when you look at teams uh, that have been good this year, like obviously Boston jumps out of paper, Tampa Bay, Washington, St. Louis, pardon me. And uh, some, of the, some of those teams have these rapidly aging cores and all this hard work and everything that deadline pickups that they made is just essentially a year loss. And I think a lot of teams are going to feel, feel hard done by that. I could see, would I agree with it? Would I agree with the potential scenario? I'm about to say I could see the NHL, um, even what, if this starts again a year from now, just trying to finish this season, I could see it just for that reason, then wanting to conclude the 70 games that give or take two or three 70 games that uh, teams have put in this year. Do I agree with that? Eh, but I could see the NHL just doing whatever it takes to try and finish the season whenever that may be in whatever capacity it has to be. I think you have to you have to define like when you're talking about what happens to deadline pickups and expiring contracts and stuff. I think you have to define and may, there might be a definition in in the NHL like guidelines. But what what defines the completion of an NHL season? Is it is it like two thirds regular season being played? Is it the is it the awarding of the Stanley Cup? 
And I think because if, you know, players are playing for the Stanley Cup by, by a player's definition, I'm sure um, the, a season is defined by the Stanley Cup being awarded. So if you're not awarding the Stanley Cup, is it really fair to, to still run all those contracts and say, uh, you know, those in your last year of contracts, your contract's up, even though the season didn't end. So I think there's, I think no one really knows. Uh, can I comment on that real quick? Yes. I can. think, um, I think both ways are going to be a little weird. If you just, once the NHL season starts up again, if you're just going to tell all those acquisitions that they have one extra year on their contract because they didn't get to play in the playoffs, I feel like that would be just as weird as eliminating their contract because that year is up. I feel like, if anything, to make it, again, we're talking about fairness because this is what it's all about. I feel like if anything, to make it, to for the players to make the most out of the team they've been traded to, you know, if um, to Foley, let's say he was only there for one year and he didn't want to play after, but he was told he had to, I think the players should be given the freedom of choice to do what they want with that contract um, so long as it abides by the rules. But I'm not sure that making them stay an extra year or removing that would be would be the way to go. I feel like they should but have the option. I don't think it is an extra year because, uh, like, again, this year never finished. Or if it doesn't finish, then this year never finished. So, so I mean, giving the That's players true. the choice, and there's plenty of players – well, actually, I don't know. There's some players that might say, um, yeah, I want to I want to expire my contract. I want to move on. Like, why Why do the players get the benefit and why do the teams who – you know, who made those sacrifices to get those yeah, good players point. on expiring deals. Why do they take the brunt of a situation that it's nobody's fault? Um, but I think the only way to do it is if you're not finishing the season, then just leave everything the same. And if you finish it later, great. If not, you just keep it for the new season. Yeah, I think, that's a good point. I, I think the NHL is going to have to try and keep everything um, as much of the same as possible, just because the effect that the virus is going to have on the salary cap and uh you know job security in general it's not just in hockey jobs all over the world are going to be affected by this job security is like a complete premium right now and i think nhl players are still going to want that they're going to want to hang on to whatever existing contracts they have with teams even if they're a deadline rental they're going to want to play out the duration of that to make their money because who knows what's going to happen from here we're probably going to see a crazy drop in the salary cap and then what does that do to um, existing contracts that have already signed and teams that are going to be way over and therefore what does it do to other players already it's it, this is going to be a complete mess this is not a short-term um, problem this is going to have implications on the NHL for like the next 10 years um, I'd, I'd like to touch on if you guys are okay to move on to the lottery because I know the lottery is big and uh, bigger questions about COVID-19 because um, certain teams uh, our teams Nick uh, are are in positions obviously Ottawa in a better position um, these kids these players Lafreniere these Byfield all these guys they can't not get drafted so what are we going to see what do you guys think we're going to see um, with the lottery and then with the NHL draft how would you do it I've seen options I've seen you know there's a, an abundance of options that we've seen um, thrown out on Twitter uh, some people said put all 30 if there's no good if there's not going to be a Stanley Cup then put all 31 teams in it obviously give the teams who are better lower lower chances obviously um, but have all 31 teams in it some people say just have the font the bottom 10 some people just say just the bottom 15 um, what do you guys think they're going to do with the lottery and then we'll get to the draft after well of course this had to be the one year Ottawa was set to pick um, perhaps two in the top three. Of course, uh, this was the year that the sky had to come falling down. 
Um, I don't know. It's a mess. Like, like the playoff format, this is no easy fix as well. I would, obviously, my completely biased answer is they have to keep it how it is, keep the fair odds, just draw it, whoever doesn't make the playoffs. But again, if nobody gets a Stanley Cup this year, nobody gets to play extra playoff games, then everybody's going to want in. Everybody needs some kind of reward. And I understand that. Um, but just the fan part of me looks at this and says, teams like Detroit, Ottawa, LA, Anaheim, they've earned the right to be at the <laughs> earned the right to be at the bottom. Yep. Um, they have their fans and the players have suffered significantly this season. And these are the type of franchises that really need these picks where they are right now. Yep. Um, do the Boston Bruins need Alexi Lafreniere? Probably not. Um, do the Toronto Maple Leafs need Quinton Byfield? Probably not. Um, that's, that's the complication with putting 30 teams into it. It's you're going to have teams get things that they don't need where there are teams at the bottom that do need these high ceiling players. Um, but again, I see the argument both ways because if there's no Stanley cup to play for, there needs to be some type of reward given to yep. teams, uh, all teams really. Yeah, exactly. Luke, what are your thoughts? I think the same thing when I was talking about it the other way, I think um, obviously like the circumstances, there's no, there's no fair way to do it for everyone. Like no one expected this and uh, teams can't be blamed for not, you know, having this in the back of their minds. Yeah. But I think you, uh, the, the best way to do it, these players have to get drafted or else that opens up a whole new can of worms. But I think go off points percentage, do the bottom 17 to 31, um, uh, rank their odds like you would and go that way. Yeah. The teams place one to 16, but like, what can you do? I, I, yeah. I think it's, it sucks either way, but there's no solution that's going to make everyone happy. Yeah. And I feel like this is a more complicated issue uh, than how the NHL season is going to play out because at least if the NHL season doesn't play out, you know, it's in the name of safety and all that stuff. And, and that's, that's different than players not getting drafted. These players have to get drafted. Teams have to have a pick in order. And it would be unfortunate if a team like Nick said, kind of earned, you know, a team that earned the first overall pick or, or a team, um, at least in the bottom 10, who, who suffered and the fans suffered, who are hoping to get um, at least an elite uh, or promising player in the draft to not have that and to have these players not get drafted. That opens up, like you said, a, a completely new issue because they have to go somewhere. They have to be drafted this year and you're not going to have a bunch of overagers next year in the Atu Ratty draft class. It's not going to happen. So they have to, something has to happen. I think, if there is a draft, <clears throat> we, um, it would be some sort of phone thing, some sort of live stream of different right here GMs. On Zoom. Like, yeah, right here on Zoom, kind of like with the OHL priority selection with, with phone calls and stuff like that, how they, how they film, even in the NFL, later picks, they, 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 um, they film the phone call and stuff like that, and maybe that's how they'd reveal it, or there'd be some basic one-person simulation showing the lottery balls. Um, I think it's hard because you don't know how they're going to determine who gets what pick and then they're not going to know how do they pick that player and how do, how do they, how do you go about it? It's, it's, uh, it's really confusing. I think you're right, Pat, in the, in the way that the issue around the draft lottery has a lot more long-term skin in the game for teams than this year's Stanley cup. Yeah. Uh, and I think the NHL realizes that and that's why they're pushing so hard. They keep saying we're, we want to get this season done in some form and that kind of worries me that 
they know that they need to award uh, they know they need to appease the the stronger teams so they can um so they can leave the draft lottery as untouched as possible and i feel like there's a chance the nhl could kind of put together something for the playoffs to award a stanley cup just so they can let the dra- draft lottery kind of go untampered and i mean they might be able to you know pull it off but they also might not and it could get kind of messy but at the end of the day like a long-term picture these teams the owners they're all paying the same things they're all paying the same sort of expenses some teams more than others but they're all they're all businesses all the owners are businessmen they all have the same issues at hand right now so therefore while the top teams want that stanley cup they want that playoff revenue the you need to appease the uh worst teams because they need that sort of stuff in the future um, I think one thing, I don't know if you guys can agree with me on this. Uh, one thing we absolutely do not need is a tournament played to decide who gets the first overall pick. I yeah, thought, cause you can't, you can't really have, cool, but yeah, no. it, it would be cool, but, but there would have a way to, to do that. If, the, no, it doesn't make any sense. if, if I'm a San Jose Sharks player, if there's one thing I want to do, if I'm Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, it's to play hockey games for the right to better the yeah. Ottawa Senators future. Yeah. It's um it really is a a tricky situation and ultimately I think that drafting these players and figuring out the lottery is uh is more vital than finishing the NHL season. This isn't the first time NHL has had a shortened um or canceled season like I said in 1919 with the flu it happened before. Um cuz that's in that's a that's bigger so name different. and that, that that's with a greater what? That's so different. You you know, like, well, this is the, but, but Corona infrastructure that goes into the NHL now and uh, money and like, I I know what you're saying, but that's a, that's a pretty drastic comparison, I think. And seasons have been shortened uh, or canceled like 2005, 2012. But I mean, that's kind of an isolated case within the NHL, NHLPA, you know? But no, but I'm I'm likening it to like the, the this is the closest closest comparison we've seen to any other shortened or canceled NHL season is a, a flu pandemic like the Spanish flu in 1919. That's the only other time that I know of from the research I've done that that an NHL season was canceled. So this is the closest we've seen. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I know it's different. Yeah. And obviously, there's a lot more money in the NHL now. But what I was trying, what I was kind of alluding to, was that I think drafting these players is more important than awarding a Stanley Cup. No, um, I agree. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what you guys think about yeah, that. Yeah, because, again, uh, jobs for all these players, 210 players, or yeah. what is it now, 217 players that get drafted, Yeah, that's 217 potential uh, workers in the NHL that have their livelihoods on the line. Like, that's yeah. the reality of it. Um, and that should take, in my mind, precedent over um, 30 guys, 25 guys getting a lift to Stanley Cup. I agree. And, but like I said, I think if, if they want to go ahead with a smooth uh, draft lottery and draft process, they're also going to want to award a Stanley cup, which. Uh, yeah. You can't really do one without the other. Yeah. Because then you're going to, yeah, it, it really is a tricky situation. And but the thing is the draft has to happen. Like it, it's imperative to the, to the league. Sort yeah. Of. And, and it's weird because you know what you're going to tell who who was first before Boston was first before the season. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to tell Boston, okay, well, you're going to get the 31st pick. Did they wait? Did they trade their first pick this year? 
do they have do they even have a first overall pick this year? I don't think so. Anyway, but if you're gonna tell one of the top teams you're not gonna get that pick, it's gonna be difficult for them to to take that in. And um, you know, there were so many teams that were battling or just on the cusp of making the playoffs. So how do you determine where they get their picks? If you said, here's the fixed order, you know, last place team, we're not even gonna do the lottery, but the last place team they get first, second last get second. If you do it like that, that's also arguably more um that'll create more division and more more teams that are that are upset with the process because you have to follow the rules and to have a have all these things happen it, it's it's weird it's um and i think it's worse because the draft lottery hasn't even happened what was it playoffs were supposed to start a couple of days ago the draft lottery was supposed to draft be, lottery was supposed to be yesterday yeah oh and i don't know how they're gonna do it someone has to get the balls and pull the numbers and, and reveal the team so not having that would be super weird the fan inside me should have been out all of last night celebrating, yeah. not going to bed after playing video games and uh, waking yeah. up to do an yeah. online Zoom call um, with you guys. Matt said something last night. He's, uh, we were talking and he's like, oh man, we should be having this discussion in our apartment while we're watching the second OT period of the West game or something. It's just like, yeah, yeah you're right. That it really it sucks. sucks. It and sucks. it also, it also kind of like, shows where our mindset is at while we're worried about well i know it's a show but like um i don't know it sucks to not have playoffs this year um this was probably the weirdest year for the nhl that i've ever been alive for with with all the coaching the coach firings the abuse timeline of this season is insane um, it's crazy yeah all right um do we want to jump to Craig Button's rankings, or do we want to go to the? I think we should do rankings, then we should go to the mailbag. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah, that's cool. So we me. don't have to talk too much into this. Um, speaking of the lottery, we we're talking about um, prospects. Uh, Craig Button always releases his his rankings. Um, he had Tim Stutzla at number one, um, the German left winger. Uh, Nick, you your tweet kind of summed it up. It said, "I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah. Can you just kind of?" explain your thoughts and why that's just incorrect well i think he was sort of insinuating that steve eisman the detroit red wings could potentially end up taking stutza first overall which to me is bananas because i think the hierarchy is obviously alexi lafreniere up here quentin byfield somewhere down here and then below him is stutzla even though people have started more recently to go back and forth on byfield and stutzla but I think overall, at this point, suggesting anybody it should go ahead of Alexi Lafreniere is a little out there, to say the least. Um, even if somebody had Byfield ranked there right now, and um, although some people are saying Byfield should be closer to Lafreniere than he should be to Stutzla, even ranking Byfield ahead of Lafreniere at this point, isn't. there's not a lot of logic to that. Um, we see this sometimes, in my opinion, in the media around draft time, where um, sort of draft analysts and experts will almost say things um, for more clicks on their content. I still firmly believe we saw that with Sam Cosentino last year with his draft rankings. Yeah. Sort of about two weeks up from the draft where he ranked Capo Caco ahead of Jack Hughes, and he was really the first person to step up and do it. And, you know, to me, that sort of said, oh, okay, do I really think Sam Cosentino thinks – Capo Caco is better than Jack Hughes, or does Sportsnet want more clicks? Yeah. This is sort of the same thing that I think Craig Button's doing overall. Um, 
probably just trying to get more traffic in his draft content. And yeah. I understand that as somebody who, or we all sort of understand that as people who observe the media constantly, who want to be in that media circuit. I think we all understand that, but it, that, that's what I think it is really. Yeah. We see that pretty often. There's always one outlandish pick. Um, I, you know, for me, I have, I don't have Tim Stutzel to number five on my list. I have, I have other players ahead of him. And I just think, if any comparison is going to be made between who's going to get the first and second overall pick, I feel like it'd have to be the consensus being Lafreniere number one. But I feel like if there's anyone you could debate being number one, it would be Byfield. We talked about this before um, about drafting for position and all that stuff. But even just looking at, at um, CHL totals, like Byfield in 45 games had 82 points and 1.8 points per game. And Lafreniere with 61 games had one point. 72 points per game and um, 105 points. So I don't think the difference between them is, is as big as people say. I think a lot of it has to do with, I feel like a lot of the judgment of, of Byfield is a pretty anecdotal. And um, he's what, 10 months, 10 months younger than, than Lafreniere. And yep. again, centers have always taken the longer time to, to develop. And I feel like down the road in five, six years, Byfield could be the better player or the best player out of this draft. Sure. Obviously we don't know how, um, how it will go development wise, but um this is a fun draft class, and I feel like now is the time for those who maybe not follow prospects. Now is the time to really get into it because you've had more time to do it. Um, but um, I just thought that was a little weird, and, and to put Stutz at number one, like you said, Kako. I feel like you can, there's a there's a bigger uh, <laughs> there's a, it's easier to put Kako at one over Hughes than it would to, to suggest that Tim Stutz would be number one. But um, yeah. later on, we'll probably have a guest talking about the draft. So, yeah, so as far as this year's draft goes, um, and we, we've talked, I think we make a point about what Craig Button does and how a lot of people put put a player who may not be in anyone's consensus to be the first overall pick at that level to gain more discussion, especially in a time like this when TSN, Sports, and all those places, um, they need they need clicks. And I know you want to speak more about Byfield, but I feel like if there's anyone who you're not going to put, anyone aside from Lafreniere that you're going to put at, Number one, I feel like it would have to be Byfield, um, judging by his CHL numbers and his age, being 10 months younger than, than Lafreniere, putting up similar point totals and being a center that big who can move that fast. Um, and just kind of to touch on what I was saying earlier, a lot of the criticisms I've heard of Byfield has been pretty anecdotal. And, um, you know, their numbers are very similar despite the difference in age and despite being a different position. So Lafreniere might be the better player who's ready right now. He might be more prolific. He was obviously a lot more exciting at the World Juniors. We've also talked about before how the World Juniors in the bigger picture, in a sense, is a kind of meaningless tournament, you know, and there's so much pressure on these kids when, you know, these people are playing full seasons in other leagues. Um, so I feel like we should be paying more attention to that. But uh, I know you wanted to say more on Byfield, Nick, so uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the thing with, uh, like, you, when you rank Stutzla ahead of Byfield and Lafreniere, and even when you rank Lafreniere ahead of Byfield, I think you touched on it right there. It's another case of we're ranking players based on a two-week tournament, the World Junior Championship, and exactly. you can't do that. It's been proven before. You can't base players, uh, their abilities off a two-week tournament. Like, Cody Hodgson looked a hell of a lot better than John Tavares at one point. Curtis Lazar. Curtis Lazar, Captain Canada, baby, yeah. on a line with Connor McDavid. Yeah, we all know how that how those ones turned out. I, again, it's this is a classic case. Stutzla and Lafreniere were both exceptional at the World Junior. Mm -hmm. Lafreniere, Byfield had his struggles, and but we've seen that with players who are playing in their first tournament at that level. Connor mm -hmm. McDavid did in his first World Junior Championship mm -hmm. tournament. We've seen this before. It's just 
another classic case of we're overhyping the world juniors, whether it be for Stutzler, Lafreniere, because they were both really good there. And I'm not taking anything away from them, but we're if you're ranking those guys higher than Quentin Byfield, you're taking away from Quentin Byfield by doing yeah, that. Yeah, and I and I also feel like expecting he said he in his tweet he thought that maybe um Eiserman would be more keen on taking Stutzel. I don't think that's true at all. I think if there's one person who understands the the talent out of the Quebec league, I think it is Steve Eiserman. And I think mm-hmm. he realizes that, you know, taking a gamble on someone who may not be there, who some people don't even have in their top five, um, on a winger, um, on, on a winger of that caliber, instead of Lafreniere, instead of a center, uh, like Bible, or even a winger who some would argue is better like Lucas Raymond, who I know I have in my, as my third overall pick. Um, it seems a bit egregious. And I feel like, um, some of these rankings, I don't know. I just think it goes back to what you said. It comes back to clicks. And obviously Stutzel for me was the most noticeable followed by Lafreniere um, at the tournament. But again, like these players are playing full seasons in other leagues that, that should get more recognition. Um, I mean, we talked about it before, you know, people should watch a Sudbury game. People should pay attention to their numbers before. Um, but it's interesting. We'll see. And we'll, we'll only know in a, in a few years or five, five to six years. So first thing that jumped to my mind, I'll be honest when I saw that was, is Steve Eiserman trying to trick Pierre Dorian into wasting one of those picks? Well, wasting yeah. because it's not like he's getting a bad player in Stutzla, but yeah, is he trying and, to go to men? Yeah, and this is one of the compared to the past couple of years. I feel like this has been the more well. Maybe last year there were some arguments for Kako and Hughes, but I think in the top five this year is so random given given whose whose list you're looking at. Some people that I have in the top 10, I've seen people not even have in the first round, like Noel Gunler, for example, I had it like 15th overall, Craig Button had it 45. Um, so, so it is a little strange and we'll see, obviously Nick, you and I are focusing more on the top 10 given our team's current circumstances. Um, but do you guys want to, Luke, do you have anything to add or do you want to jump into the draft lottery or the mailbag? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Mailbag. I'm good. Okay. So we tweeted out a, um, a mailbag to see if anyone had any questions. I'll read them off and then I'll, I'll, uh, one of you can can take it so matt asked we kind of touched on this but if uh at matthew mallard said if when the nhl returns to play this season how would you format the remainder of the season and playoffs if it were up to you um so we kind of talked about what we think should happen yeah, but quickly what do you guys restate yeah. i still go with the 24 team based on point percentage i think that's the fairest for me okay uh luke i I don't like jumping into playoffs, but if there are time constraints, or there are obvi- time constraints, which there obviously are, then it makes sense. Uh, but regardless, go off point percentage. Just keep it at 16 teams. There's no point in getting crazy with it. Okay. Um, Kyle Watson at the Kyle Watson asked, with the area of the draft your teams will be selecting in, who is your dream pick? This kind of goes without saying, but Nick, I'll go, I'll go with you. Lafreniere, Byfield, Raymond, yeah. Stutzla, anybody in that crop, two, two of those guys, um, I'm fine with anybody in that. Um, just as long as we're not reaching for anybody, I yep. think you just got to go with the obvious picks at yep. this point. If you get first overall, do not take Stutzla, take Lafreniere. If you get second yep. overall, take Byfield. Whatever it is, I think you just got to take the most obvious pick at that point. Um, yep. But so, we're going to have two really good players either way. Yeah, and um, – I think in Montreal's case, they can either get one, number one, number two, number three, or number seven, number eight, number nine. So number one, the obvious one is Lafreniere. Although I wouldn't be upset if they picked um, uh, Byfield. And then at third, I have Raymond, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, at seven, I think it's the most likely option where they're 
be picking is seven. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing them take a defense from maybe a, a Drysdale and then maybe someone like Perfetti will still be, a, be available if they ended up taking him. Um, what were they last year? Six? Seven? Last year they were uh, – no, they, they were picked like, Cowfield, right? They oh, were 15th. 15th, right. They lucked out. That was the that was the the steal. Really hoping he was going to drop just a few more. <laughs> yeah. Um, thoughts on how different the playoffs? So at Ryan S one one nine five asks thoughts on how different the playoffs would be without fans, even just regular season games. Um, what do you guys think it would be like without fans? Well, I know none of you guys are soccer fans, but they already played some. Um, I watched what, one of what, those. Yeah, what they call close uh, behind closed door games, where it's completely empty. It's pretty eerie to look at. Like I'll be honest, to to look at, to listen to, where you just hear player voices yelling at each other. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's what you can hear. Yeah, it's interesting. You hear some new, you hear new stuff that you don't usually pay attention to. You hear the ball <laughs> moving on the grass, like you, you hear everything. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot more in hockey. The sticks clattering everywhere. Those hockey sound effects we all like. But mm-hmm. sports aren't the same without fans, and we all know that. But yeah, I would prefer no fans than no hockey at all. Luke, to finish the season, I agree. If you if you have to finish the season and you have to go with no fans, that's fair. Um, that's why I think it's a different case for the NHL and the NBA who are nearing the end of their seasons, the beginning of their post seasons. And they're, they're trying to figure out a way. How do we, how do we finish our seasons? That makes sense. If you have to go, no fans go for it, but the MLB and, um, leagues, MLS leagues that are even, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say NFL yet, but leagues that are just starting up. No point. I like, why would you, why would you start with no fans? Like, if you you might have to go a full season with no fans. I I don't think that's a good idea for for leagues that are just finishing. Yeah, go for it if you have to. That makes sense, but um, that's not the case everywhere. So yeah, yeah, it's um it's kind of like when you go to a hockey game live. There's no commentary, obviously, but it's crazy how how much you hear, how much they're yelling, and how loud the game really is. Even though you're way up in the nosebleeds, it's pretty cool. So, it, like you said, Nick, I'm not a big soccer guy, and you would have watched the games, but but even just being at a game live, you hear the noises, and even like every once in a while, you'll hear someone accidentally mic'd up, like a player yelling yelling the effort or whatever. So it's kind of neat, but um, it's nothing without the fans. The fans is what hockey fans is are what make hockey so special. So not having that would be uh, would be imagine great. lifting the Stanley Cup in an empty arena like. there's no one watching i don't think i can watch that um just to reiterate uh ryan also asked will there be a stanley cup awarded this year i don't think so at all i think they're gonna do whatever they can i hope they don't i really hope they don't you see i i still think they're gonna do absolutely everything to make sure whether it's this year or whether it's literally early 2021 and they're finishing the 1920 season, I think there's somehow some way going to do this. Uh, will there be a Stanley cup awarded for this season that just happened? Maybe will it happen before um, maybe the end of the year? No, I don't think so. One thing I will promise if that's the case, the show is going to get really boring. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we won't have much to uh, to cover. <laughs> Although I do think um, another issue that we only talk about is like they're going to have to balance an 82 game season. And if you, you know, how are you going to, you're going to have a short, if you carry this on and have like a, yeah, a month I tournament think, and then you have a, a brand new season, how long is the off season going to be? Don't, don't compromise next season 
to salvage this season. I think maybe, I think a lot of people maybe agree with that, but mm-hmm. um, there's no point in affecting two seasons if you don't have to. If, okay. if the solution is to scrap this season so next season can go unaffected, go for it. Like that's, that's the obvious choice in my opinion. Okay. Um, here's a more fun one and not as depressing because it's not related to COVID. Um, out of current NHL players, what is your dream starting six and why? Let's if you guys need time to th- – okay, yeah, go ahead. I've mine. got mine. Okay, I've got mine too. Um, do you want to start – we'll each go by position? Sure. Okay, you guys start with your left wingers. Okay, uh, I didn't pick what team I want to win. I just picked what team I'd like to watch Joe play together. Um, so my left winger is Taylor Hall because speed, and mm-hmm. he is – I love watching Taylor Hall play. Mm-hmm. Luke? Um, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. My answers are pretty basic, but you know. Pat, you? Uh, uh, okay, well, now that you said Taylor Hall, I might be rethinking my. Uh... Okay, hang on. I might need a second to think about this. Because you said Taylor Hall, and now I'm like, eh, I don't know. Did you um, have Taylor Hall? No, I had no. I had Ovechkin. I'll stick with Ovechkin. I have okay, Ovechkin stick with Ovechkin. Yeah, no, I, I went co- completely galactic brain with this just because I felt okay. like having fun with it. Um, my centerman what, is Matt what Marzal. Definition of... Okay, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, wait, what was your question, Luke? No, 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 I'll, it'll come up. Go ahead. My centerman's Matt Barzal. Again, same type of mold, shifty, huh? really creative, uh, skates well mm-hmm. on his edges. I love watching Matt Barzal. Luke? Centerman? Connor McDavid. Yep, I also have Connor McDavid. Uh, right wingers, Nick. David Pasternak. Yep. Just I could picture those two, just Barzal and Hall, just zipping around the ice, and Pasternak sitting there one timer. Yep. Love it. Yep. You also we all have Pasternak. Okay. So. Oh, we all do. Okay. We all have Pasternak. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. Um, we'll start with right defenseman Nick. You can take this one because I know who you have. Hey, why don't you guess? <laughs> I'm guessing Eric Carlson. It is Eric Carlson. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, you know me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke? Uh, mine is also Carlson. Mine is also Carlson. Not Eric. So. Are you guys both John Carlson? No, I put. I have Eric. Okay, you're Eric. You're John. I, I, I like. Uh, like, is this? Is this? Okay. Yeah. John no, Carlson. it's personal. I, like, John, yeah, no, it's personal. I like, um, I, like Eric, I, I like Eric Carlson more as a player. but And Eric would work well with Nick's team built on speed and a boatload of skill. Um, left defenseman, who you guys have? But Thomas Shabbat, just because Shabbat Carlson is a defense pairing I should be watching right now, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, Thomas Shabbat is uh, – he is everything that makes the Senators exciting right now. So he's there. Luke, I know yours. Quentin, I have an idea. It's actually Kale McCarr. No, no, it's not. It's Quinn Hughes. Little puck moving beauty, Quinn Hughes. I should be He's watching. He's good. Should be win the Cal- he should win the Calder. I agree. Ooh, award. We should talk about awards. But Next yeah. episode. For Next sure. episode. Um, okay, I have uh, Victor Hedman. Nice. I like Victor nice. Hedman. I like the way he plays. I think that works because you have a mix of size, speed, skill. I like Ovi McDavid and Pasternak together. It all works. It all be fun. We all picked good players. Okay. Next. Oh, I, I did a goalie. Did you guys do I a goalie? Oh, I didn't do a goalie. Um, I'll say Vasilevsky. Just uh, I said Tuka Rask. Oh, yeah, I Rask. Okay. Cool. I Thanks, had a couple of changed it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, who, who was that with the question? I don't think we said. Oh, that was um, 
call in C Dyer 25. I've Thank you, Colin. Yeah, thank you, Colin. And then our most recent question, also our last question, I feel like this is the best way to go out, is from Seth Nefsky at Nef underscore said, who wins in a fight, Zudano Chara or three Brad Marchands? I think three Brad Marchands win in the fight. Uh, wow. We're going to have to, Pat, we're going to have to have another debate on fighting here. Uh, <laughs> see, I wouldn't let this happen. I would turn off the television. No, um, just for the sake of the question, I probably three Brad Marchands, although like just the image of like three Brad Marchands surrounding like Zidane Chara mm. would be awesome. No, you know what? We're going to go with Chara. Chara is, wins. Is Marchand fight. fighting like he does or is he like, is like he, he does? I'm assuming they're on ice too. We'll keep it hockey. If he's fighting like he does, I would. Well, okay. No, you have to like, I think if there's, I think if there's three, if there's three and they're on ice, it's so easy to knock Chara off balance as we've seen before. He's not like who, who absolutely leveled Chara in the playoffs. Was it Marinson? Or oh, Trevor Moore. Yeah, it was someone on the Okay, Um, yeah. So this is a whole other conversation. Is this is this twenty year old Zidane Chara? Is thirty year old Zidane Chara? Is this the current forty two year old Zidane Chara? Which, Which Chara is it? I think we'll go current, then I feel like three Marshalls oh, yeah, would win, no, but I feel like if there were is... two Marshalls, then it would be actually pretty close. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's yeah. good. I like that question. That was funny. Yeah. That's it for the mailbag, though. I don't think we have anything else. I like the mailbag. I'll tweet I it out earlier. I kind of tweeted it out a bit late. Yeah, um, we, we had an hour uh, worth, uh, worth of time to get the questions in, but if we do it a few days earlier next time, I think this would be a really good segment. So yeah, before we wrap up, um, as we've done our past couple shows, um, we've ended with a draft lottery simulator. It's more for Nick and I, um, due to the fact that Luke had Vancouver winning the prediction and Luke and Nick and I want, uh, our teams to get the first overall pick. So without further ado, Nick, let's see, uh, where people land. Fun. That's not interesting at all. Montreal yeah, went down to ninth. Well, that's the first time we've gotten it on this show where it's, it's mostly held, uh, what it was supposed to be. Um, Winnipeg jumping up and getting the third overall pick is really interesting for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will take two and four, gladly. I'll, I'll take nine, I guess. It's fine. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, this was fun. It's it's weird not being in the studio. Obviously, the quality isn't going to be as good. But for those um, who do follow us on Twitter, uh, Luke is at the Luke Burrows. Nick, you are... Uh, Nikos Robinson. Nikos Robinson. I am... Uh, Patrick Talent 81. We will be tweeting this episode out. It will be available um, on YouTube under Luke's name, uh, Take to Take. It will also be on Spotify if you want to listen to the audio. Um, hopefully, people are staying safe. Hopefully, people are staying in quarantine, social distancing. And the sooner we, uh, the more people do this, the sooner we'll be able to, you know, have life go back to normal. So um, you'll get our you. show live again. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, that's, hopefully that's soon. That's the main thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's why we social distance so take to take can be live yeah exactly so um hopefully everyone who listens is staying safe and um yeah we'll see you next week